Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. All right, Rich Casanova here alongside uh, Artie Rudiman, hello. but we love to call him Artio. <laughs> so, hello from Artio. Yeah, we need hello from Artio. So we were just having a little conversation before we went on the air with uh, Sean Glaze, and we're excited to uh, have him join us in the studio for the this episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Speaking of the Buckhead um, Business Association, we have on our table right here the brand new 2018 Buckhead Guidebook. Uh, and if you're listening or watching, turn to page 71 in your hymnal. <laughs> That's where we're excited to be uh, found. Uh, for the Pro Business Channel Studios. Right, there you go. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy. Yeah, so we're uh, taking a look at that. So, um, so already just in 30 seconds or less, um, the breakfast this morning. Uh, would you elaborate and uh, share with the audience uh, some of your takeaways from the presentation this morning and who spoke? Sure. Sam Mansell, a, f- a former um, mayor of Atlanta, spoke about the beginnings. of uh, He started in 1960, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. And it certainly was a different town at that point. And uh, we're talking about the Buckhead area. And he went over the how it evolved and and what processes that needed to take place, what infrastructure, and how it has flourished into the global community that it is today. 
Yeah, it's just impressing here from his perspective, uh, you know, in uh, either 90 or pretty real close to it. Just got married a few years ago for his second uh, uh, marriage. But in addition to that, uh, just the skyline, how it's changed in the business uh, community here in Buckhead. So, uh, so again, being brought to you on part behalf uh, for the Buckhead Business Association. Check them out at BuckheadBusiness.org. So, Artie, you've been chatting a little bit beforehand with Sean. So if you do uh, take a minute and introduce um, our guest here this morning, let folks know a little bit about uh, Sean, and we'll jump into the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Sean Glaze is the founder and president of Great Results Team Building. And Great Results Team Building is all about getting the most productivity from your employees. And Sean goes about it in a very interesting way, which he will describe. But team building isn't just about the end of the year, let's have a retreat and have some fun. There's a very serious side that has ramifications for your company's ROI. And I'll let Sean kind of dig deeper on that a little bit. Thank you very much, Artie. And uh, again, Rich, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely, our pleasure. Really thrilled to be here to be able to uh, share, hopefully, some helpful nuggets with your audience. I know whether it's as a business owner or an entrepreneur, uh, one of the first questions they're asking is, you know, who is this guy and why am I listening to him? Yeah, right. Um, and, and, and oddly enough... And can like, you answer that? <laughs> we're going to do our so, yeah. <laughs> Got a couple of notes here. Um, my background is honestly, though, as a high school literature teacher and basketball coach. So what can that guy do to help you yeah. be more profitable in your business? Well, hopefully I can share some stuff that's going to be really useful. Because I would have had no answer for that a number of years ago. Uh, As a basketball coach, though, it was probably much later into my career than I'd like to admit that I realized uh, that I was not quite as good a coach as I thought. And I think that hopefully after our conversation today, maybe your leaders and business owners and entrepreneurs look in the mirror and realize maybe I'm not quite as strong a leader as at first they thought. And the problem that I had that I think so many business leaders have is for the first eight or ten years of coaching, and was coaching basketball, high school varsity level, I focused primarily and almost exclusively on X's and O's. And we were focused on skills, we were drawing up strategy, we had a great playbook, and I was really proud of the plays and the skills and the individual improvement stuff that we had worked on. But it was completely to the neglect of culture. And I think that all too often, it's not just a basketball thing, it's a business thing, Leaders focus almost wholly on strategy and neglect the culture, which determines how well the strategy is implemented. You know, I can compare that much to what I do. I'm a a business developer, and business development starts on the holistic side, the analytics, the insight. And, yes, you come up with a value proposition and a strategy, but ultimately it's about implementation. Right, and... and Anything, ideas are easy. It's actually doing it that's difficult. And, and if, if strategy is what you want done, I think culture determines how well your people do it. Well, what I was hearing, um, I just, I don't know if this is an aha moment or not. I don't know if it'll be trending or not, but uh, I was making a note about your X's and O's, but missing the culture. So I came up with um, uh, you're the CXO, the culture. Uh, execution officer. Right? I like that. <laughs> like that? Yeah. CXO, right? Yeah. HR and the word execution. Yeah. Not <laughs> That's true, yeah. But, to, but, <laughs> but to what you're mentioning is that um, but plans are not being executed, right? And there's no culture involved in this, right? Um, in the X's and O's. Absolutely. I, I think that in any industry, on any team, and one of the things that I realized as an older coach, as a more experienced, hopefully a little bit wiser coach, is that the same stuff that was helping my kids be more successful on the court 
could help organizations be more successful in their industry because people are people and teams are teams and the same things that help teams to overachieve in basketball can absolutely be translated over into business. I mean, I think since the first product was sold and the first um, uh, sport was invented, uh, they've been interconnected, right? And just the uh, the analogies, the principles that apply in terms of a training uh, the prep, you know, 20 years as a basketball coach, right? right. Successful basketball coach. I mean, you've got to carry that um, undeniably into uh, your business strategies and consulting. And finally, along that line is that um, uh, back to the X's and O's. So you, you're you accustomed to having a playbook, right, uh, for a team. And you, would you concur you need that for your business, right? Every business, and I think throughout recent history that has been the primary focus of most business leaders is we've got to have the business plan we've got to have the strategy down this is what we're doing this week this is what our team needs to accomplish these are the metrics for our productivity and to the exclusion of what have we done to connect our people to the two vital things that make a team that much more productive yeah because um i i know that a lot of businesses that are uh you know, having challenges, don't have a playbook. I don't know. Artie's a big proponent of uh, analytics and uh, what you just mentioned. Well, what, what I wanted to inje- uh, say is in the very beginning, I wanted to interject the serious side. So business owners and managers really need to understand the metrics behind what we're talking because they really affect your ROI. I know some of the statistics, but... Uh, m- you would be know them much better than I. So if you can explain uh, how people are engaged in the business and what the effect that would have on productivity for your business. So this isn't just about it's a nice thing to do. We're talking about this is a very serious element that can have, affect your bottom line. Yeah, uh, I think most business leaders at this point have heard of the Gallup poll that over the last many years has reported the disengagement that occurs in workplaces. You know, that over two-thirds of employees are disengaged or actively disengaged and even sometimes looking to sabotage team performance. And I think that engagement is something that as a business leader you absolutely want to make sure you're focusing on. And I think that the, the one thing that I combat when I'm speaking with a client, because a client, when they contact me, for an event, for a speaking engagement, for a team building program, a lot of times they know they need something. They just don't know exactly what it is. So what do you attribute that to? And then what's the solution for that, that okay. lack of engagement? Yeah, great question. Well, I think the lack of engagement is basically the result of people not being connected. And one of the things that I share with uh, whether it is athletic teams or business teams is there are two things that are required to connect your people to in order to create energy, in order to create engagement, and ultimately to overachieve as a group, to turn a group into a team. Those two things are first, you have to connect to a compelling common goal. People need to know why they're there. What is it we're here to accomplish that I can't accomplish alone that I need you to assist me with so that we have to collaborate? And that's really key because if you don't know why you're there, your people aren't going to do much while they're there. So they need to feel like a small contributing part to something greater than themselves. It kind of comes back to culture once again, right? Absolutely. would love to touch a little bit more on culture in just a few minutes. Absolutely. Uh, but to give you the second condition, yeah. um, we'll make sure we don't leave the listeners kind of yeah, hanging. Yeah, the solution. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the first thing is you need to connect your people to that compelling common goal. What is their why? And almost even more importantly, I think you need to connect them to each other. And I think that's where oftentimes leaders drop the ball is they don't see – the profitable outcomes, they don't see the ROI 
of those connections that need to be enhanced and optimized to build the relationships so that collaboration actually occurs. Define engagement so we've, so our listeners have an understanding of what we're really talking about. Yeah. And I, we understand what it means, that they're interested, that they're connected. But dig deeper on that. What is engagement? How does it connect to productivity? What are the, the vital signs of engagement? Think about it that's played poker knows the term all in. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I usually lose on that one, but yeah, so you hit a little bit of a sore spot, but go I, ahead. I hear I know where you're going with yeah, this. I've certainly been all in and then exactly, yeah, yeah. left the table very soon. But it's better than being lukewarm, right? And, and I think that's what you want your people to be, is to be all yeah. in and, and have they really invested in terms of um, their emotions, their concerns, their thoughts, uh, their strengths. Are they really contributing what they can and taking ownership of that goal? And I think we'll get into talking about what a winning teammate is and hopefully turning employees into winning teammates is what an event would eventually do. Uh, and what that ongoing focus on sustaining great results in, in a team culture would do. But ultimately, you want those winning teammates to be engaged, and engaged teammates are those that are going to take ownership of results, or those that are going to be aware of and encourage others, those that are going to take a moment to show appreciation for the efforts that they notice, are going to make sure they respect the clock and the calendar. And, and all those things that, again, a great teammate in basketball is oftentimes a great teammate in business. And it was great to win games, but one of the things that I always took pride in as an older coach was teaching kids a whole lot more than just shooting and dribbling. It's teaching them to be a great teammate because I think that's what ultimately gives them a chance to succeed in life. And and it, drill down on some of the metrics, too, for what we're talking about of how many uh, percentage-wise are engaged and how many are not and how flipping that, inverting that, could really affect the bottom line. Absolutely. Well, um, in the most recent Gallup poll, talking about disengagement, mm-hmm. I think it was over two-thirds of workers were described as being disengaged, wow. which means that they are not focused. They're basically underperforming and wasting company time. And that you imagine you know, for a business that has even 20 employees, if those 20 employees, if two-thirds of those are actively disengaged, how much productivity are you losing because you've not invested time in really connecting them to a purpose and to each other? So you just the solution is just let those two thirds go. <laughs> That's the eighty twenty rule. But but this this is this little widget right here is a lot of disengagement. I see this. Um, I won't mention the company, but at a particular coffee house, um, half the time you see the employees um, texting and on on and they're. They're not involved in their customers, and they don't even realize the customer's there. They look up, and then they're like, uh, they're still holding on to their phone while they're trying to interact with the customer. Yeah. I think engagement comes down to two things. It's the same things that builds energy and, and cohesion on a team, and that is connecting to that compelling common goal. What is the why? And the second thing is connecting to each other. Have you given your people a chance to actually build enough of a relationship so you understand the background and the challenges and the desires and the strengths of the people they're working beside. And you mentioned the use of your phone. I think technology is an incredible tool yeah. that sometimes becomes an incredible distraction to those really deeper connections that allow teams to overachieve. Absolutely. 
I, I'd like to uh, give an example of what I'm talking about, getting employees engaged. You will have much more examples. And, and as we move on, I'd like to hear some really good stories, uh, success stories. I'm sure that you have a few you can share. And I want to save some time t- for the end for you to talk about your team-building exercises. I'm sure some of them are, are quite interesting. Can we do some of them here today, the team-building exercise? <laughs> but, but, but there's another side to, to being engaged, and, and it's not just applying your skill and doing your work and coming on time and doing the right thing. There's also a creative side to it. And an example I will give, uh, as a COO of of an engineering company, I looked at the engineers who would come in in the morning and they'd flick on their computer and at the end of the day they'd flick off their computer and they'd go home. And it dawned on me that there was never a connection of where does this business come from that I am physically working on. Yeah, and I think that that's a huge part of the team building process, and and, and certainly a, a one time catalyst event can have a huge impact on improving morale and communication and collaboration. But I think that that focus and emphasis on an ongoing uh, process where people feel like they are part of a larger puzzle, and I think sometimes helping to educate your team members so they understand the impact that their ripples have on other parts of the business. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to ask you, do you impart and educate the managers so that they know that it's up to them to lead that and to be creative? And I'll give you an example again, going back to the engineering firm. I realized that, you know, marketing is always prospects, quantitative leads and quality of leads. And there are all these engineers that went to school, and guess what? 5, 10, 20 years later, their classmates are now the vice presidents of companies we can do business with. Well, I know it's not in an engineer's DNA to pick up a phone and say, hey, right? (laughs) But they know them, so they could work with the marketing department and say, you know what? Use my name and call up so-and-so. That's an example of how the managers can become creative and bring that out in their employees. I'm sure you have other examples. Yeah, I think that's a tremendous example and point in terms of, you know, there was, again, recent statistic that was shared. 87% of employees blamed project failures on a lack of collaboration. Wow. And I think that collaboration, that sharing of information, is right now a huge opportunity for business leaders, where oftentimes the answer and the opportunity is in the room if only you could get people to talk. Well, getting those collaborative conversations to occur is always going to be the result of first allowing them to build enough of a relationship so I'm comfortable reaching out. And one of the things that you're probably familiar with is the term silo. Yeah. The term silo. And I think that, you know, oftentimes – uh, when a client contacts me, Sean, we need to do something about these silos. We've got to destroy yeah. the silos right, of right, the organization. Yeah. Right. And I'm a little bit contrarian in that what I'll tell them is your issue is not silos. Silos are just evidence of individuals or groups who share a common background or share a common challenge or share a common something, and that gives them a chance to connect. Your job isn't to destroy that connection that's already strong. You don't want to destroy silos. What you want to do is to connect those people to others and to take the initiative so that the silo in your marketing department or the silo in your sales department or the silo in your back office has the opportunity to build some relationships so they understand the impact of what they're doing on other areas of the business. 
I, I have a, a, another example of bringing out the creative t- creativity of the talent that are in your businesses, and that is most employees today, especially when we talk about millennials or, or even older, are very computer literate. And right now, social media is a huge element of marketing. And there are individuals, I agree, not all, but there are some that are very adept at doing marketing on the Internet. And you wouldn't think to tap an engineer to do that or to tap a, right, a lawyer to do that. But they have that capability. And if you have 20 of them, maybe two will pick that up and do that. But you need to express it and to welcome them and to allow them to do that. Yeah. And, and, and to give them that sense of ownership. And I think that so much of team building is not just connecting with, with a why, but connecting them with each other. And that's not only to build relationships and comfort for collaboration. I think it's also to establish an understanding and an awareness of what the strengths are of the people on our team so we can tap into those strengths and take advantage of them. And, and I have seen such turnaround uh, by the individuals that do get involved. It's instead of just doing this every single day, I'm now doing this and that. And they feel very yeah. proud of themselves. They've had this uh, additional ability that they didn't even know they had, but now they've been educated and allowed to express it. So uh, uh, another thought here is to kind of pivot to is we just recently had a company uh, up north of Atlanta talking about uh, their corporate um, retreats and events and so forth that they they conduct, right? Remember? um, So, Sean, talk to us about, uh, you know, a couple of hats that you wear, and we want to hear about your book as well. But talk to us about, actually, three books, right? (laughs) You brought one today. Now, they're not three copies of the same book. They're three different (laughs) books, right? (laughs) I published three books. It's the same. Correct. So so we want to hear about that. But also we want to hear about um, uh, this interactive events and entertaining keynotes. What are some of those topics, or what companies have you worked for, or... um, you know, what are some of those interactive events that you've conducted or been, been involved in, I guess? No, Rich, I appreciate the question. And, and just to kind of transition a little bit from Artie's last point, I think oftentimes you and your employees, it's easy to put blinders on and get caught up in what is your to-do list for the yeah. day. What, is yeah, your, you what are right. your key performance indicators? Right. What is it that you are actually being held responsible for in terms of your metrics? And you end up losing sight of how you might be able to contribute elsewhere. And I think that one of the things, whether it's millennials or others, that they're looking for in a job is a chance to feel like they matter, a chance to have a purpose, to build relationships, because 90% of our day is spent there at the office. And the quality of our life is determined by the quality of relationships we have at work. But it's also a chance to develop. And I think in any role, part of my job is to want to get better and develop. And as a good leader, I want to give my people a chance to develop. Are you having those conversations so they understand? Again, my job as a coach is to help develop my kids and to have that preseason conference. What is it you want to accomplish this year? Uh, And as a manager, as a business leader, as a business owner, have you had those individual conversations so you're giving people a chance to expand their skill set and maybe contribute in other areas? And and to voice what they want to accomplish, how they're going to go about doing it, and then that ties in the accountability, right? Because it's their voice that they put these proposals on the table and these goals and objectives, right? Absolutely. And I think that one of the ways you accomplish that, uh, I think that... You know, culture is a really popular buzzword. Today. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are a thousand people that will speak on and tell you that they're here to consult on culture. And I think culture has become far more complicated than it really needs to be. I think culture at its simplest 
is just the behaviors that are allowed to be repeated in your organization, whether that's on a basketball court and this is how we show up and this is how we go through pre-practice and this is how we go through our shooting form, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think the exact same thing occurs in any corporate organization where culture is just the behaviors you allow to be repeated. Well, behaviors are always the result of beliefs. Beliefs are the result of awareness and awareness is the result of experiences. So here's what I do with interactive team building events. My job is to make sure that I share with stories and experiences, whether it's a keynote or more of a half-day, full-day team-building program, to make sure that I put the people through a really engaging, interactive set of activities that give them experiences that they'll remember. And I think there's a huge difference, and this is where I think Artie and I were talking off-air beforehand. I think there's a tremendous Grand Canyon-sized chasm of difference between team bonding, which is recreational, let's go have a little bit of fun, right, right, and team building, which is far more intentional because yeah. you want to have an applicable, relevant outcome that makes your team and your people better a week, a month, a year later. That's a great point because you can have those experiences in an outing and you feel great and everybody's having a couple of drinks and, and getting to know each other, which is uh, ties into the culture. But what you just described is... Um, a, a second phase of that, or independent of that, you need something that's actually going to uh, translate into production, you know, for that business and that organization. Yeah, and, and the key thing for me as a provider to business owners and to organizations of the event or an ongoing event right. is I want to make sure that at the end of the event, at the end of our time together, three months, six months later, it's not just, yeah, that was a fun moment, right, that right, was yeah. a fun day. Yeah. Because if all it was was fun, I've not done my job. Yeah. I want to make sure they have a great time. I want to make sure they have a chance to interact and go through some of the activities that then provide applicable and relevant outcomes and takeaways that they can apply the next day. Because here's the thing. My job really as a facilitator, especially at a half-day or full-day event, is to give them a chance to enjoy some ha-has. Right, yeah. I want the ahas that follow <laughs> to be the thing that really affects business. And it's like the that. ROI that we're interested in. I like that. The ha-has, having fun, and t- translate into the <laughs> ahas. Good. Yeah, I like, I like that. that, yeah. Tried to say that five times. We just about, about about four minutes remaining here, so we definitely want to hit on at least two other topics. Uh, talk to us about your three books, your most recent book, and then we definitely want to uh, uh, have you share how people get in touch with you. And uh, just a quick reminder, you're listening to the Buckhead Business Show, being brought to you in part by the Buckhead Business Association. Check them out at BuckheadBusiness.org. With our billion-dollar Buckhead viewer, I feel like we should we could wave at the uh, BBA right out our window here, yeah. So, uh, so Sean, talk to us about um, switching your hat to an author, a little bit of that bad, that experience in your book. What are some takeaways? Uh, why would people grab a copy? And then, yeah. No, appreciate it. Yeah, real quick uh, synopsis of each of the three books and, and why I think that hopefully at least two of them will be useful to your audience. Okay. The first one I actually wrote when I was still coaching. Uh, it was more of a book that was a parable because I really believe, and whether in business or basketball, you can lead from wherever you are. So the first book is The Unexpected Leader. Basically, it's not like the that. coach or the leader, but you can lead as a player. You can lead as a frontline employee by what you do to have an impact on your team's performance. I love that. I'd like to read that book, The Unexpected Leader. The second book was Rapid Teamwork, and that was basically for team leaders and managers and administrators. How do you take this group of individuals and turn them into a team? And basically, it's another parable that uses the acronym GREAT. And to turn any group into a great team, the story, again, is hopefully somewhat entertaining. I'm a little bit biased. (laughs) But uh, you've got to have the goal. You've got to clarify that goal. You've got to build relationships. 
you've got to establish expectations. You've got to provide accountability. And you've got to thank people and provide transfer and appreciation for their efforts along the way. And I think that's how you build a great team. I missed the R there. What was the R? R would be relationships. Okay. And again, that's something and, that as a young coach, I And I think the point for our listeners, executives and managers and owners, is it's not just about developing the, the camaraderie of, of your employees. It's learning you learning how to be a leader and bring that out in your employees. Absolutely. Yeah, I like and, that, that Unexpected Leader. And then you have your third book here on the table, I imagine? Or, um, yeah, Unexpected Leader was the first book. Rapid Teamwork is right. the second one for the leaders. And the most recent one that I'm really excited to share a copy with is The Ten Commandments of Winning Teammates. And if Rapid Teamwork is a book and kind of a how-to manual for leaders to create a team culture, the Ten Commandments of Winning Teammates is really for more frontline employees because you want to make sure that you're the teammate that you want your fellow employees and coworkers to be. And again, in parable style, it shares ten things that great teammates do. They're going to make your day far more successful and ultimately your business far more profitable. Uh, you know, I, was, I, was, I haven't read it yet, but I love the parable because um, I'm thinking of The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Love Bob Berg, Because yes. you're reading a story, but wrapped in that story are so great principles, right? Um, you know, and sometimes if you're just reading fact after fact, you know, it doesn't really resonate. Again, it's almost like your book is experiential. Right, like an event. That was, the, that was the idea. You want it to be something they enjoy, and they come away from that enjoyable experience with, with some useful nuggets that they can apply. And I won't read We don't have time for all Ten Commandments, but I'll open with the first and the last one. So number one is to have fun, uh, and number ten is to claim personal responsibility. And uh, you'll have to get a copy of the book to see the other eight. <laughs> for maybe 60 seconds that, that we might have left. Give me one, one or two success stories and... Uh, some of the uh, unusual events that you have are not unusual, but fun or productive. I've been uh, blessed to have uh, keynoted at a number of conferences to share how to be a winning teammate and rapid teamwork there whether it's managers or frontline employees. Obviously, the team building events that I'll do are half day and full day events. They can find all that information at Great Results Team Building. Something I'm really excited to share with your audience, though, before yeah, we go. Sure. If they go to toolboxstuff.com toolboxstuff.com. I actually have uh, on one of the pages of my website, once you sign up to uh, get free access, there's over 60 printable handouts, uh, quizzes, Mm, and things you can find that you can use with your group. Mm. So even if you're not bringing me in as a facilitator or a speaker, you can actually, as a business toolboxstuff.com, take advantage of some of the handouts and activities that I provide there online and, uh, and use that as your own toolbox for teamwork. And I'm looking at uh, one of your opening pages here in the book. It says your contact, Sean. To book Sean for your next corporate event, visit him online at greatresultsteambuilding.com. So why would someone book Sean for the next corporate event? <laughs> Give us your best pitch. That yeah. is a tremendous <laughs> right? lead-in. If only yeah. I was prepared. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what are some, um, uh, you know, some Here's, stories? We almost have just about a minute left, or, but... Um, uh, some of the uh, testimonies, if you will, or some of the experiences at some of the events that you've done. You know, yeah, here's here's the thing that I would ask your listeners to yeah. consider. Okay, they've already spent a great deal of time on strategy. That's basically how they've built their business. How much of that strategy is impacted by the culture that they've built? And if they would admit that a large part of the success of that strategy is based upon their culture, how much have they invested in maintaining and building? a quality, productive workplace culture. 
because one of the things I'm very proud of, you can go to the client comments page on my website and see testimonial after testimonial of the fact that intentional team building, not just have a little bit of fun, but let's right. really be serious about have some fun and enjoy the interactions. But what is the takeaway? What is the application? And why are we going to be better next month because of what we're doing in the midst of that event? And speaking of takeaways, I'm going to turn things over to RDO. And if you'd uh, help us uh, close out the show, uh, RDO with some um, uh, thoughts here, and we'll wrap it up. Well, I appreciate learning. Uh, That's what we do. We share and we learn. Um, I think a big takeaway for me, though, and it was my uh, aha moment, not a ha-ha moment, was uh, I I always did, you know, consider the team building aspect of, you know, I owned a company for 20 years, had 100 employees, so I understood trying to get everybody on the same page, but I didn't think about educating the managers themselves to learn how to do that process and and to guide and, and be a mentor to the employees. That that's my big takeaway. Very very much opportunity. Love the opportunity to share with you guys. And again, if I could be a resource to any of your audience, you can reach me at greatresultsteambuilding.com. And stay tuned for the next um, show, Team Building Resources <laughs> Radio <laughs> Show. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little plug there. Yeah. All right, uh, Rich Casanova on behalf of uh, Artie Ruderman um, and Sean Glazer. Thanks for being here in the uh, studio. Uh, we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.